Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Damika Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And our SPF is 100. That's just natural. Mm, all the time. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some ridiculous tan lines going on, Damika. Do you? I'm I living. never go outside. I don't like going outside because, you know, I'm goth. And, <laughs> the sun's uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> the sun's there. There's just no reason. All my favorite things are inside. Mm. I was playing Wizards Unite the week it came out, and I went on like two walks. Two. <laughs> two walks. And now I have this like fucking ridiculous watch tan line. But the worst part is because of the, how I was holding my phone, the underside of one arm is tan and the top of the other arm is tan. <laughs> Like, it looks like two different people if I hold like, <laughs> my arms next to each other. It's it's pretty bad. That is the sexiest thing I think you have ever said. That is absolutely amazing. But that's the thing. But I have like the opposite problem. I actually really love going outside. But because the sun never shines here, girl, I'm like the shade of a naked almond. But we actually had like a day that was above 75. I'm like, let's go. Let's go outside. And voila, I also too have tan lines. But it looks really weird on it. Like my cleavage is like that area looks very toasty. That's the worst. (laughs) It's like, you know, the line on your boob Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that's that's hot. The weird I definitely want to get naked with this <laughs> with this line, mm-hmm. and that's what you and like the things that the beach is here, especially I'm overseas. Like women don't care, but and I'm sure like partially I kind of sort of don't care, but I think my husband would kind of sort of care. But I've got like it's back, and then you got like so you got like the boob smile tan line, the over mm-hmm. the shoulder, you know, crisscross in the back, and it's just. And the thing is, I actually put on sunblock because I don't want my tattoos to get damaged. And I feel like the art of reapplying is still lost on this mixed mm, girl because I feel right. like I'm I'm putting it on. What more do you want? Like, I feel like you're asking a lot for someone who didn't grow up putting it on. And now you want me to reapply? Get out of here. Yeah. My back looks ridiculous because I was wearing like, I don't I don't carry a purse. I carry a little miniature backpack. <laughs> Because this is 1997. No, same. I'm a mom. I don't have time for bags. I got a mini backpack. (laughs) Yeah. So I have like the line from my tank top, but then also the added line (gasps) of my backpack. Oh, Danny. You were like a majestic zebra running around. I am. Straight up. (laughs) I love it. Tan lines, we all, especially in New Mexico, like I love it. Everyone's got a flip flop tan that's heinous. Especially yeah, if you my, were like my flip flop's yeah. pretty terrible. Mm, I love it. But I love like, the- it. Was two walks, two. <laughs> Why? It's that baseline, girl. You got to get that. The thing is, this is your melanin being like finally, being yep. like freedom. It's just it was been dormant, and now it finally can be itself. And I think after that, you, you'll be set. You got to get that one good toasty toast, and that's you'll be true. Set. Mm-hmm. That's true. Gotham. Yeah, I. I mean, like, I will never again ever probably be the levels of tan I was when I lived in Hawaii, and that was just from existing and not owning a car. Um, <laughs> Girl, those pictures though. I'm like, is it? Do you ever wonder, like, is that my true self though? <laughs> right. I'm like, I actually look kind of nice, very brown. <laughs> Maybe I should always be very brown. <laughs> 
You look nice both ways, but girl, seriously, very delicious. Very, very lovely. (laughs) Thank you. Well, there is no easy segue into this topic today. Should we just, (laughs) should we just, should we just bang right into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Danny, who is way more hip in up on current news today, said just recently, well, I guess by the time this comes out, it won't be uber recently, but the federal judge has blocked Ohio's six-week abortion ban. That's right, everybody. We're talking about abortion with the lovely unicorns today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just something nice and light and breezy. Yep. Happy Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> we, um, yeah, I guess, should we just, if this is, we'll probably put this also in the description, but if this, I know there's like maybe some content that might be a, you know, a bit triggering and sensitive and we want to be that way towards all unicorns who might be listening. So, I mean, if this is not your thing you want to talk about, like you can still come and join us and towards the end of the episode if you want to. Yeah, just <laughs> just skip till you hear that mad at the internet music <laughs> and, then, and then you can rejoin us yeah and we'll yeah so please totally come join us like then and we'll see you like in a little bit but <laughs> this is a an interesting topic and one we've been talking about doing for a while now since uh-huh. this recent rash of laws have started to be passed here in the u.s Mm-hmm. regarding abortion, mostly throughout the South, but also some in the Midwest. So we've talked about talking about this. It's a tricky topic because it is something on one level we definitely disagree on. Mm-hmm. And then on another level, we like, entirely agree on. <laughs> so it's something that's hard to talk about. It's triggering for a lot of people. And it's something that it seems like everyone has an opinion on. Yeah. You know, in doing research, just the research alone, I actually found it very interesting that the articles, internet, interviews, well, how do you believe that, especially in America, that there is a huge, massive red line and you're either on one side or the other. But when you actually start having conversations with people, you will actually find there are a lot of people who actually have um, kind of a swaying, a very gray opinion. And Mm -hmm. does that make sense? It's one of those things where it's like online, I think people can be very like strong either way. But I feel like once you actually kind of have that, that interpersonal conversation, you will actually find either one or two things. Those who are extreme are very misinformed on, on both sides. Or actually, when you actually look somebody in the eye, there's actually a complexity with it. There's always like caveats and kind of like, oh, well, also, but I can see that, but I'm not quite sure. Well, maybe this is not for me, but do you know what I mean? I don't know if you've experienced that. Mm, I don't know. And I don't know if I would agree that people on both sides who have extreme opinions are misinformed. I think that there is a level of selective knowledge. and That's Mm. true for anything, right? Mm, I see that. But I don't know if I would say that people with extreme opinions are misinformed. And maybe that's because I have an extreme opinion. (laughs) So it might just be me being defensive, (laughs) to be fair. 
I think there is, there's the talking points and there's the way that uh, media on either side talks about abortion that I think leads to this idea that people do have extreme opinions. But I think you are absolutely right that a lot of people do exist kind of in the gray. People might say like, I am firmly pro-life, which I don't like. I don't like that that phrase. Um, So instead, I'm going to switch and say pro-abortion or anti-abortion. Because I think most people, when it get you get down to it, are neither pro-abortion mm. or anti-abortion, like on a individual, like microcosmic like level. Like I don't think people have that strong, unwavering opinion about abortion. So I think think most people do exist in the, in the gray, right? Like they they might be mostly anti-abortion but recognize the situations where it's necessary or be like pro-choice and pro people getting abortions if they need to for whatever reason but would never have an abortion themselves. So I think like there's, you know, for for whatever moral reasons they have. So I think like you're right, a lot of people do exist in that in that gray area in the middle for one reason or another. And so how do we, and I hope that we can kind of be that example. How do we do life alongside people who disagree? And I think this is something we talked about before even starting the show that we really want to be an example because we do have differences in our life and I have nothing but love and respect for you. And I often think of the things that we think very opposite in it has grown me. And I know in this topic, even particular, like I have not moved on my feelings on it. But at the same time, I feel like I have really grown in articulating it and just being able to discuss it as well. Mm. I think the best way, and this is difficult in some ways, I think the best way to have a differing opinion with somebody and still maintain respect is by not making it personal. But I also Mm. recognize that with certain topics, it's difficult to not make it personal right like i've never i've never had an abortion so for me it's not it's not necessarily a personal issue in that way um so i think it's in some ways easier for me but i could imagine if i had had one and i felt like and i'm not saying you would do this but i felt like because you're against abortion you were you were judging me like i don't i think it's much harder to have a disagreement, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And, and I think when we, especially this particular topic, is because how can it not be personal? Even though you've not had one, it's still about a woman's body. Exactly. You know? yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not there in your life. And like, we are both, we both have many years of baby making, and there's so much that could happen. And I think that's why it's so personal to women in particular, is just how can it not be? And uh, when you have that a much emotion and there's so much logistics into it this is one of those topics of where we need to basically practice on how do we discuss this in a way to where we can find like our common ground moving forward because i believe our common ground on this even though i am anti-abortion is i don't think the solution is what we're doing now which is what we're going to be getting into is that like you said especially in the south i'm looking at you alabama and georgia and texas they are they are going crazy for these fetal heartbeat laws 
they um, they are cracking down. They're going straight ham with uh, trying to, what was it, make it illegal after six weeks of pregnancy? Which, girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Women don't even know they're fucking pregnant at that point. Like, yeah, it that it, it's a it's that that's next level uh, extreme. The the thing is, is that when I'm when I see this, this has just been um uh, an increase in aggression towards their uh, taking kind of their liabilities with the 1992 Planned Parenthood versus Casey ruling. Which is basically saying kind of like this, this little, little, little branch out from Roe versus Wade of saying Mm. like, yeah, you know, we're not, you know, states, we're kind of making like our own, you know, laws and things like that. We shouldn't be able to burden the woman. And that's what they're saying. Shouldn't burden the woman from getting one, but we can put in a couple of like, you know, restrictions and, and, you know, boundaries here. But overall, it should be unburdensome to the woman. But I think they're taking that now. And I think it's no, accident it's getting closer and closer to an election obviously it is incredibly ramping up and we're just feeling the amounts of oppression right absolutely in the case of alabama a representative terry collins said she introduced the bill as a strategy to force the supreme court to perhaps overturn roe v wade Mm -hmm. right so it's like these are clearly calculated moves to dismantle abortion and access to abortion within the entire country. It's not just thinking about what what what's best for my constituents and what is it, you know, that my constituents need? What is it that my my state really need? Like it's none of that. It's like no, no, no. it's a long game. It's a political game is it what really it is. is. And it's not about health and it's not about the individual. It's certainly not about women. Ooh. Girl, if I hear that one more time, I listen. I made a mistake of listening to this clip of different debates from different states and being like, well, this is not an abortion issue. It's a woman's health issue. It's a woman's health issue. It's a woman's health issue. It was like a really bad, like, trap music remix of people trying to use women's health as a way to soften what they're trying to talk about. You know what I mean? Which is mandating a woman's uterus. <laughs> yeah, I just... <sighs> It's so, I'm just like, I'm getting so upset just <laughs> thinking about all of it because it is, it's, it's, it's an attack on, on women. It is the truth that a lot of people who are introducing these bills or signing these bills don't even have like actual fundamental knowledge of how a woman's reproductive system works or an Mm -hmm. understanding of how a woman's body works it's all for them it's all about a way to shut down abortion which they see is morally wrong and like i'm not gonna argue too hard against that but like i firmly don't believe that abortion is morally wrong i don't like people are not out there killing babies so, like, for me, like, it's hard for me to even, like, understand the justification, like, where these people's hearts are, you know, because, mm. like, in their minds, I think they see this as something that's morally wrong. And that's why they're, like, going through all these extremes to stop it. But, mm. one, there needs to be acknowledgement that the morality of this is, like, gray, right? We have people on 
all spectrums about their personal opinions of whether or not, you know, aborting um, a zygote or a fetus is wrong. So and I, and I think that's fine. Like people are entitled to that that moral opinion. I think the issue is looking at it with an informed point of view. And I th- mm. and like I think there are people in the world and in the US who believe that abortion is wrong and do understand the way that a woman's body works in a woman's reproductive system. And like I am fine with those people. Like if if you and your mind are like I understand the biology that's happening here, but for me it's like a a spiritual thing or you know a religious thing where i believe that you are ending a life like i think people are entirely right in having that opinion i do mm. not think it is the government's position to impose those sort of moral laws on its populace mm. and and you know what i think that's where it's like we're working like backwards from it i'm like i don't think the same thing it's the government's job especially when it is so one-sided when we keep talking specifically about the woman's involvement and that's one of the things i am one of those people that i completely understand the science you know i Mm -hmm. am a woman um and i'm still anti-abortion with this of saying i think a lot of people i've actually been asked like how can you say that you are pro-life which once again i hate that saying and also say that you are for women but i think that's understanding of for me personally, there are people like myself who believe that this is not the solution. Do you know? I think that's the part that is very, very upsetting for me is that when I see this and people saying it's for women's health, I'm like, you actually don't really care about women because if we really wanted to see a decline and an end to abortion, we would actually be caring about women long before conception actually happens. Right. And I think we exactly. And I think beforehand we talked about it, you know, once again, we've talked about this for a while and you asked me a while ago about how I reconcile those two feelings because, you know, I am a Christian and there's a slew of people who've ruined that for me. Um, thanks, guys. <laughs> there's <laughs> Thank people you. out there ruining it for any group, Every, to be uh, fair. Yeah, I guess. And when you're right, you're right. And I'm not I like, I don't want to be that Christian that just like bad mouths. Because let me tell you, there's some badass people out there who are going in love and serving and doing exactly what I believe the Bible tells us to do and to love God and to love others. But with that being said, even before I became a Christian, I had very strong stance. And that's because of my own personal experience with this um, of just, you know, loving women, counseling women, being there for them and just being able to kind of form my own opinion about that. But for me, I think I've been a very strong component and advocate for making sure that we have, and we'll talk about a little bit more about sexual education, the, um, being able to have access to contraceptive, making sure we have sex education, not as a one-time thing, but an ongoing um And like education. thorough sex education. Thorough. Like Honest none of this like... Unabashed. Yeah. <laughs> you no get pregnant and condoms. So don't have sex. <laughs> like exactly. none of that. Well, that's the thing too. Well, here's the thing. Like we're supposed to teach like absence before marriage, but the thing is not everyone is under that. Like I'm a Christian. That's what we're supposed to be believed, even though I was, you know, I wasn't raised that way. So I wasn't a virgin when I got married, but also encouraging been like, okay, well, let's get talk about mature relationships and where sex fits into that. And where, what is your sexual identity? 
talking about male birth control, breaking down stigmas of single motherhood, talking about better maternity benefits. There are so many factors that go into women not wanting to continue a pregnancy. Um, Money is one of the biggest things. How about a child not being costing $30,000 to have? Can you imagine like a college student getting unexpectedly like pregnant and been like, yep, here's a $30,000 bill just to have the child and to raise it? Of course, it's going to strike fear. So I believe that if we're going to be on that stance, we have to care about the woman long before conception. And I think that's where my focus is. And that's why I am not thrilled with these bills, guys. Not thrilled. And not (laughs) to mention the fact that a lot of these people who are so vocally on that that side of like believing women should have these children don't believe in social services that would benefit mm-hmm. this child after it's born so it's like they don't care about the mom they don't care about the kid they don't really care about any of it like i'm like i don't even know where your heart is like i don't know where you're coming from i don't understand any of this because if they're going for morally, which even that word, be it's being thrown around, girl, it is that world morals been thrown around like cilantro at a street taco truck. Like and they it just to... makes my mouth feel soapy. <laughs> oh no, is cilantro soapy to you? It is. No, try <laughs> to be Latina and having cilantro taste like soap. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Girl, your life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> sidebar i actually don't mind the soapy taste even though it tastes soapy because i was just forced to eat it so much as a child i'm like oh <laughs> so it's kind of comforting <laughs> <laughs> I, like i just i'm just like did you get your mouth washed out with soap and so you're just like i was the naughty girl so this is just brings me back to <laughs> had a foul mouth then got a foul mouth now <laughs> is that what people say about me? I have a foul mouth. No. <laughs> yes. Never. Yes, it is what people say. About me. <laughs> oh man. All right, closing sidebar. That was an amazing sidebar. It was perfectly yeah. placed in like the tent salon. But do you, I can't I can't handle people trying to use morality and not if you're going to say it's because of factual spiritual beliefs, then actually go about what's biblical, which is going to be filled with grace and forgiveness. And like I said, caring about the person beforehand and telling people who Jesus is and telling them about other options and, and being there and working in your community and working in your city and making these environments and changes. This is a lazy, lazy excuse for just slapping it on after a woman has already conceived. It is. I can't see how that's loving towards women and loving towards an unborn child like i i don't know how that makes sense to me of of calling it murder when if if realizing this is probably one of the most difficult decisions a woman ever will have to make even if they're very confident even if they you know believe that you're just like oh this is you know a a fetus and i don't believe that it has rights and if you're very confident in that then i don't believe you're meaning to cause malicious harm I just believe it's taking a life that isn't yours to take. And I just don't understand how people on that side can, you know, <laughs> can sit there and use morality when they get to pick and choose. It's not like a salad bar at Whole Foods. You right. you, you got to care about it all. I know? think it, and, it, it goes back to a larger problem with our society of mm-hmm. this picking and choosing of morality, right? Like people are just, I don't know. It's It's these weird talking points 
And I think people just latch onto it and then regurgitate these these things that they hear in media and in the news and fucking spout it out by politicians. And they believe that this is like the only way to feel about any stance. And quite honestly, most most moral issues, like when you stop to think about it, there's complicated feelings that go behind it mm-hmm. and complicated thoughts and complicated reasoning. And it's it's not cut and dry and simple. Yeah. I don't know where <laughs> I'm going with that. But but it's, you know, it's I find that this is quite honestly just a ploy for, for votes and mm, say it. Trying to appeal to to a very particular demographic. That was so that was so incredibly well said. <laughs> no one cares. No one actually cares about women or women's bodies and no. you and I were talking about this off air of the fact that sex education and just mm. basic education of a woman's reproductive system is strongly lacking in this country. And I don't know, like I can only speak to this country, but I imagine around the world and it's, you know, it's a big mystery and people don't understand how bodies work. And, you know, I've encountered men who think that like you can hold in your period until you go to the Uh bathroom. Like they don't understand. (laughs) Like, Nope, mm-hmm. that's that is not how any of that works. Oh, oh girl, one of my favorites, you can wash yourself out after intercourse so you won't get pregnant. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Believed across the board. It's it, but but that's the thing. So what when we're talking about this and the lack of education, what what do you think the future of these abortion laws, it's like, what? Where do you feel is the end goal outside of overturning Roe versus Wade? What is the biggest? I think fear or urgency a lot of women have right now. I mean, I think it's another way to control women. It's just like another way to. Right? I feel like I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist by saying Girl, anything. The but, truth but is out there. Right? I'm a believer. It's, just, it's just talk about kind it. of. It's kind of just how we are. I mean, you and I were talking about the the Marcia Jones case. This, I don't know if you saw this. Probably not. We should have talked about this before recording. Sorry, mm. but so Marcia Jones was a woman who, if you haven't heard about this, or if you're not American, maybe you haven't heard about this at all. But she was accused of beating up a coworker who ultimately the coworker drew a gun and fired it at at Marsha Jones in in the stomach. And it killed mm-hmm. her five month old fetus. And this is in Alabama. And they had charges against the coworker but dismissed those saying she was acting in self self defense but they said that because miss jones had initiated the fight knowing that she was 5 months pregnant that she was accountable for the death of her fetus mm. which is yep. bullshit right like can i yeah. just say that like that's bullshit yeah. yeah do we yeah do we have to say anything more for that like cuz the thing is where does this end 
but but the part that we hadn't talked about was so she was arrested. So the charges quickly people heard about it. It was all over the place nationally. And then on July 3rd, the case was dismissed. So it was mm-hmm. actually dismissed. But like the fact that she was charged with anything, I feel like is so indicative of like the war against against women. It was not not manslaughter. She didn't fire the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like and yes, yeah, she was fighting, but what? Like you can't you can't do anything now when you're pregnant? Is that is that <laughs> the world we're living well, in? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If we do that, we start criminalizing um, abortion outside of doctors. They're talking about getting up to 99 years of performing abortion of, and they're trying to get that of any sorts, even in case of, um, of, of emergency. Where will this start to end? We talked about um, women starting to get charged for miscarriages, which we talked about off air of just how incredibly common miscarriages are. I mean, one in four women, uh, pregnant women have a miscarriage. So there's that. And then if you are pregnant and you get behind the wheel of a car, you get into an accident and that baby dies. What are you going to get charged for manslaughter then? You're walking out in the street, a drunk driver pops a curve and hits you and kills the baby, you survive. I, I think it's we're seeing now more than ever um, where a woman is starting to fade away. And that, that woman who was a, a carrier of that baby, where was the compassion of a woman who just lost her child? They want to use that child as that platform. I mean, they were totally using her as an example, really. And of course, as a woman of color, which I think I, I can't wait to get in a little bit further because we have loads to say about women and pregnancy and color. But I think what we need to start letting people realize is that by continually trying to criminalize this, we're going to keep pushing those barriers. We're going to keep pushing what's acceptable. We're going to keep pushing and try to add on what we think is unacceptable to do with women's bodies. And uh, I, I don't know. There's been a lot of women who've been uh, going towards marches and protesting these different bills and, and regulations. Um, are we heading for another Handmaiden's Tale? <sighs> My response to... To all the things that are being put out in the world about how Handmaid's Tale is reflecting the society that we're in and we're quickly moving to that world. My response to that always is that story is based in actual history in our country. Like not explicitly. It's not a historical nonfiction book. I'm not saying that. We took the same English class. (laughs) And that's true. We did take that English class we together we in which take we that watched English class. that fucking movie. <laughs> Do you Girl, remember? I cannot get it out of my head to this day. You cannot forget about trying to watch a weird, awkward sex scene with teenagers in a portable in the desert of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. Scarred for life. Scarred for life. <laughs> I wanted to freaking die. <laughs> it was really, really uncomfortable. Who just, who just, I, I don't have words. Anyway, please continue. There are yeah. no words. So, I mean, I think, I think the thing that people fail to realize is this, uh, I feel so dramatic saying it, but like this war on women is not new. And quite honestly, the reason why people are like up in arms about it now being like, we're moving towards a handmaid's tale, all this. You know why? It's because 
white women's bodies are being policed in this way also. Like, Mm. I'm just going to say it. Like, that's the reason. Like, if we're looking at historically in this country, something that people are not even that aware of or people don't talk about that often is the fact that Black women's bodies have always been policed in that way, have Mm -hmm. always been used for that. And once there is no longer... (sighs) Okay, so... Let's go. Let's take it back to slavery for just Girl, a minute. I'm here. I'm for here. For just a minute. Mm. I feel like something that is never taught in school or talked about is the fact that there were legitimately slave farms, right? Yep. Like women's bodies were being used to create more slaves. Oh, and not just that. Perfect ones, making sure they were tall, broad shoulders, made to be strong so their children would end up be good workers. Absolutely. And there's the whole fact that in this country and with the history of slavery, any child born to a white woman, despite the fatherhood of that child, was born as a free person, whereas anybody born to a black woman was automatically a slave, right? So like women's bodies were already being used that way. They were being made pregnant. They were being made to have these children and the fate of these children was already decided. This is not something that's like just a dystopic novel that's like, oh my God, we could end up in that world. Like, no, we were already in that world, Mm -hmm. to be fair. Let's, so that that's my feeling always, my reaction toward, towards people suggesting that. But I think I think most people's hearts are in the right place when they bring that up. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get all like hardcore about the history with every single person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm about to say, I think you made your stance really super clear. <laughs> I, think you let your, I think you let your feelings be known. And I think I think I'm proud of you. I'm yes. really proud. But yes, I think we are <laughs> headed towards <laughs> towards a real handmaid's tale again. <laughs> but yes, at the end of all of that, I love it. I I live, I live. But I think what what you're mentioning is exactly what we kind of want to also tackle today. When we're talking about abortion, yes, unicorns are going to go ahead and say it. It is also an issue about race. Race and abortion, the power couple of things I know you just wanted to hear today. Um, if you thought you were uncomfortable before, we had a little bit of religion in there too. That's oh, actually, we did. We actually really did. Will you please play this at your, you know, the next uh, gender reveal that you have at your house? Um, yeah, the next family gathering, um, retirement, perhaps. Oh. Just have this playing in the background. This will ugh, people will never forget that party. Um, when we're talking about abortion, speaking of things that we don't want to talk about, I think especially within um, communities of color, that we have to address the issue that the numbers of women who are getting abortion have a higher rate within those who are color. It is uh, it's one of those things to where I think amongst the community, people don't want to talk about um, it was in for uh, for Guttermatch explained that abortion rates can uh, can be as high for women from 2014 as 27.1 abortions per 1,000 women of the reproductive age. I believe I think they go off to the cut. I think 45 
I think they say is for reproductive age, which I'm like, go ahead, women. Um, that I mean that I that that that's pretty at least for me. If you think about that number, it, it's you know it's not terribly like terrifying, but that is it's still kind of a it's still kind of startling. And they're saying of that of also well of saying would, that even though that's in decline. Oh, I would also just just because we had that religious thread earlier. Um, it's not like religious women aren't getting abortions either. Oh, like no. I just want to throw that out there that like seven out of 10 U.S. women who obtain an abortion report having a religious affiliation. So, exactly. so it's not like it's just us heathens out there getting abortions. I know. I know. It's, 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 but, the, but I think what we're talking about that once again of what I'm saying, making it outlawed is not going to help solve the problem but absolutely uh, not and i mean there's again and again we have we have data and we have examples of the fact that when abortion is illegal it doesn't drop the numbers it just means more women die exactly that's that's the truth and, but I think if we're seeing this, though, we're saying, okay, why are more women, why are more black women, why more Hispanic women, um, mm. why why are they getting more abortions as comparative to white women, even though across the board they're on the decline, which I have thoughts on that, of course, um, uh, uh, why that is. But they're saying over among, if we're looking at where these laws are taking place in the South, which is going to have high concentrated groups of people of color, if you're actually looking at also the poverty poverty line as well, it's actually quite high in these places that are really pushing for these stricter abortion bans. They're saying for the U.S. at the same time of the same year, 75% are poor or low income families Mm. that's almost half of people who are living below poverty line right and not to mention that most of those women also already have children so it's not like just somebody who's like oh i'm not ready for a child now though that is a big a big reason um Mm -hmm. you know it's like women who have already had children it's not Mm -hmm. it's not just a like a teen mother and, and, and I think that's what we're talking about with some of these abortion bans. We're talking about with these trap laws, they're not just talking about when you, you can get an abortion, but where you can get one mm. as well. I think they were talking about before watching something on uh, John Oliver that was out in 2016 talking about Mississippi actually legally having only one place in right. all of Mississippi. What Mississippi is huge. Have you seen Mississippi? It's massive. And we're not just talking about like abortion. This is also like where women can get care, once again, contraceptive, uh, get screening for, for testing as well. I, th- there's right. something absurd about that. Amongst, I mean, and this is a much older study, but in 1987, there was a study that was about late term or late abortions, which is defined as 16 weeks or more. And Nearly 50% of women who had a late abortion did it because they found it hard to be able to have an abortion earlier. Like they'd started trying to have <laughs> get mm-hmm. it, but just to be able to make the arrangements for an earlier abortion. It's nearly 50%. It was 48% of women who had that. So if there was more availability, they wouldn't have had to wait so long to have the abortion. Exactly. Well, it's also the same thing. I think if people, I think also the information needs to go out of what it actually takes to obtain one as far as first finding a place as well. And they're not even talking about cost. 
uh, taking or off of mandatory work. counseling that some places mm-hmm. have, which I'm actually not against. Well, I, I here's why I'm against it. It's implying that women have not like thought about this or sought out other other resources when the majority of women have. Mm. Yes, maybe there are occasionally like women who who haven't and like need that time and an ability to reflect. But if like there's you know a six week limit on abortion, you don't have fucking time for that counseling. Mm-hmm. So let's build in that time. And then, yeah, sure, like have some counseling. But quite honestly, most of those situations where it's like mandatory counseling are people trying to convince you to not have an abortion rather than actually counseling you and presenting you with a plethora of options. Right. Like it cannot be a one sided thing. Like I I would be in favor of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing of like creating and using doctors as like a way to push people's own agenda. Of course, like I said, I'm going to say, yes, I want them to see a counselor. I do want them to talk about all their reasonings. And I, and for me personally, I do want them to have like the weight and the gravity of it. But I do understand that by pushing it and dragging it out longer also does nothing for your patient as well. Does that make right. sense? It just makes it harder, like, if anything. It does. And if we do care about this life as well, prolonging it, and trying to enter it to where it starts going into technically that late term abortion. I mean, don't, I mean, where, where's your moral for that as well? And so they have counseling. You actually have to make sure that you can get someone who's trained and available. The facilities have to abide by these ridiculous laws from waiting room sizes to hallway sizes to sometimes length of gurneys to um, a certain kind of an a, a equipment. And these are not talking about your everyday regular you know input output um what is it called you know when you're a procedural uh stats like you know no no these are like next level to where places are having to close down because they cannot afford to keep up with these restrictions and um I, I I think there's something something incredibly dangerous about that, and especially when you're going to these areas that are low income, and they want to kick back the Affordable Care Act bill, but yet they do you know what I mean? I, I, you keep seeing these these downplays of women who are of color, of women in general who are low income. We keep getting these signs and red flags that we do not care about you. We're not going to give you access to the care that you need, the information and education that you need. We're going to label you with stereotypes, and but then we're also going to tell you what you can and cannot do with your bodies on top of that. Right. Because women's health, because we care about you. And because we live in this puritanical society, we're going to pretend like people don't have sex. We're going to pr- like just... N- not even talk about birth control or give that as an option. Like when that's, that's like the easiest way, in my opinion, to prevent abortion, right? Is like, let's just like really normalize birth control and empower women to make those decisions before it becomes a situation of getting pregnant and having to make that decision then, right? Like 70% of all pregnancies amongst black women are unintentional. 70%. That's insane. Mm-hmm. It's it's nearly 60% amongst um, Latina women. It's 57%. But amongst white women, it's only 42%. So like, mm-hmm. there's this huge, huge disparity. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe it's based in 
access to birth control, uh-huh. access to education, and just largely based amongst like socioeconomic lines, like just to be mm-hmm. honest about it. So women with lower socioeconomic status are more likely to get unintentionally pregnant. And in this country, that also correlates with race. I think you you talked about it, right? Like, I think normalizing talking about sex and and living in this world where we kind of want to, once again, pick and choose what we want to talk about. It's like, yes, am I raising my daughter to be like, yes, we you should wait until marriage, but you best believe I'm like, you know what? That has to be a choice that you have to make. And I can't make you do that. So if you decide that's not what you want to do in your life, baby girl, sit down. I'm about to blow your mind. And I'm going to talk to her about it because I love her. And I'd rather her, like I said, as much as I would love for her to have like this ideal and what for what our family believes in, I also believe that things do happen. And as I want to protect her and guard her and also empower her in her body, so I'm going to let her know if this indeed comes up, this is what birth control is and here are your options and this is your body and, the, you know, and go, and go down the line. I think families don't feel equipped to talk about their kids that way. And the schools are definitely not equipped to have these ongoing education, to have that input. And we need to stop being so ashamed of talking about sex in general. And uh, I, I don't even know what a world would look like if we stopped talking about as, you know, an, a pregnancy that happens is getting rid of that stigma of, of a single woman. And perhaps maybe women wouldn't be so, maybe unpopular opinion, <laughs> maybe women wouldn't think a baby would ruin their life if we would destroy some of the stigmas that we have about women raising children on their own, because it's been proven that, you know, especially amongst women of color, that upwards of 55% of the male counterpart will have no part in raising that child. Maybe if we actually had like decent, you know, maternity benefits and, you know, services as well, maybe it wouldn't seem like such a burden. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I definitely think that's part of it. And, but I, I just so strongly believe like if we could live in a world where getting pregnant was a choice, you choose to get pregnant, then abortion would would drop a lot. I'm telling you, get that male birth control. Get it. Sell it. Let's just, <laughs> regulate let's just it. put it in the water. <laughs> Danny, I don't know. They have that like it's on here. You might have to edit that out. You might have- <laughs> I don't I don't actually believe that, um, to be clear. Uh, I was making a joke. Mm-hmm. So, I think we've already talked about this before, but who is making most of these restrictions? Um, is it women of color? No. What? <laughs> women of color aren't making the decisions in our country? Who could it be then? White guys. So, so many white guys. <laughs> like- <laughs> I love we've talked we can't say this enough. We have to do this a t-shirt. Like we love we love white guys. We married them. Yes. They're nice. Yeah. Me, yep. Nothing nothing like but when it comes to my body, my friends' bodies, my daughter's bodies, um, I'm gonna need you to get your hands Lego my ego. I'm sorry. Like, I just I, I just imagined like <laughs> A waffle in the shape of a uterus is really lovely. 
Oh man, I'm so excited because now now I've got it stuck in my head. Um, but, but but that's the thing. That that's the thing. You have men, bless you. Even some of the most intelligent men that I know we talked about before are still lack the knowledge and most of all the compassion. I think it is so easy for you to put out restrictions and to try to pass laws when you will never ever know that fear ever yeah ever like when i was raped i was one of the lucky i was too terrified and too scared and to do anything after after it happened and i'm very thankful i did not get pregnant and I was not a Christian at the time. I can't imagine what I would have thought, even though I had very strong feelings against it. That was the most terrifying week and a half of my life. And a man cannot sit there and tell me, even if he knows women, cannot sit there and tell me he will ever have to make that decision or know what that feels like. And that is important. No amount of data can prepare you for that whatsoever. Whatsoever. And I, there's something to that. You you need that. We talked about um, in our last full episode about cultural uh, competency. I think there's something about that as well with gender as well. Absolutely. Men should not be making laws about women's bodies. Full stop. Like, here's how I feel. There are many men that I love in my Mm, life. Totally. I don't give a fuck what your opinion on abortion is. I don't care. You're not entitled to, to an opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, but I think, but we look at that, we look at the majority still, still in 2019 of those who are proposing that it's, it's really, truly shocking and discouraging because you always want to feel like you have a voice up there on high in your representative of someone anyone who might have experienced this or know what you're going through. And I think that's, we should be really moved to action on, on however you stand on this. You want someone who knows where you're coming from to represent you. Absolutely. And it's, it's what should be at the core of democracy, right? Is, Mm. is, accurate representation of the people to make the laws that govern the people. I think we're all in agreement that we have never had a representative government of the people Mm -hmm. in terms of anything. And, and I'm sorry, but like you cishet white men have been in charge for so long and you're seeing like any sway away from that being an attack on the status quo, which it is because fuck the status quo. <laughs> mm. I think that it should be a more a more representative government. I hate the government. I don't know where I'm going to make a this is all. <laughs> but but quite honestly, well, like I think yeah. the only way to change any of this is one, we all have to be informed. We all have to vote. And this is like so much of the world. But I'm talking to you, women of color, right now. Mm. Like, if we could just have the confidence of a mediocre white man, perhaps, 
<laughs> perhaps we would be inspired to to run for office or mm-hmm. be interested in politics or, you know, put ourselves out there. But quite honestly, it is so much harder for us. Oh, it's incredibly hard. And I see it. I've seen white men who are like, I suffer from imposter syndrome or I'm scared, but they put themselves out there constantly. So like, uh-huh. even if internally they're feeling that that same thing that a, a lot of us are feeling, like their actions don't match it in the way that ours do, right? Like uh-huh. we're too afraid to put ourselves out there because we we fear we might fail. It's like job applications. Oh, girl. A white man is more likely to apply for a job that he's not qualified yep. for. Whereas mm-hmm. a woman of color who might be qualified for the job, but feels like, oh, I don't. I don't meet that one criteria they're looking for, so I better not yep, apply say at all. it. Oh, girl, I have. I was reading that. I think that study a while ago. That shook me because I have done that. I have done that exact me same too, thing all the time. I have done that all the time. Seriously, especially like you, you discredit yourself beforehand, and I think the pressure of wanting to, you know, be perfect and represent all while probably monitoring and being so aware of yourself and how you are perceived. With goals in mind, it can be very crushing, but there is a place for women of color in politics and we need to start breaking it in. I think we have normalized to where it's one of those things where I'm like, well, who makes our laws? A bunch of old white guys. And I'm like, well, that's you're right. I mean, it's the way it's always been. And I think we don't even bat an eye anymore that, wow, that actually doesn't look anything like my world. That doesn't look anything like my neighborhood. and. I think some people can get quite discouraged about voting, but I think what we need to do is stop being discouraging about voting and start being encouraging, inspiring each other on to run for offices. Like there is a place for us at the table. We can have a voice. There is a place. And I I think younger people of color are really starting to get into politics. And let me tell you, I love love it. It turns me on. I love it. And I, I love the the women in the house at the moment and how um, mm-hmm. part part of their their whole stance is making the inner workings of government feel more accessible to the populace as a whole like AOC mm-hmm. is always posting shit on her Instagram and whatever oh, about it. like how things are actually how they actually work and mm-hmm. what the steps are and what what is actually happening because i think it's demystifying the government, which by yes. de- demystifying something makes it feel more accessible. So exactly. as, not only as somebody who could potentially run for government someday, um, I am definitely not called to that level of service. But I think that there are women who are. And, and by seeing this again and again, it makes it feel more accessible. I think it also just for those of us who aren't called to that, it makes it feel more accessible in understanding and makes it feel like voting actually matters, being in tune to those things actually matter. I think it, it's it's a lovely thing and I'm into it. Mm. It is. And I, I think you're right about demystifying. If there's something, we were just talking about like the rabbit holes we can get into with Google, do that with politics. You have my permission. If you're going to be on your phone while you poop, might as well make it nutritional. Like, let you know, if there's something that confuses you or you're not quite sure, you have that freedom. Everyone does, but especially women of color. Let's be versed on what on what policies are, what it takes to get it there. 
and root around in your local area to see who is running, even at the lowest entry level. And like I said, if you're not called to do that, that is more than fine. I think it takes a certain kind of moxie, just like not everyone's meant to be a dentist. But I I do believe that there's support and making way. And if you have young people as well, like you do the daggone thing and putting that information out there. And uh, as much as things do worry me now, I do see a pushback. And I think the, the greater, I mean, we see this time and time again, the harder the oppression, the more victorious the pushback is when we see this. And I do see women speaking up for themselves. And I do see more women being more united than, than apart on this issue, this particular issue of this really ridiculous ban. Um, but yeah, I, I have been really challenged with this topic, not because of where I stand and how popular or unpopular it may be, um, but just challenged into making sure I'm really supporting what we both, what, what I, what I say I believe in. And I think whatever side you're on, we think we're talking about the importance of being properly informed and having those conversations, which I think we have, that, that's how we, we want to end always is having those hard conversations with each other. Women, we need to be open about miscarriages and our bodies and our own experiences with other women. You know, yes, get I out mean, of the shade, I had yeah, the stigmas. As someone who has never been pregnant, um, I didn't even know uh, that, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30% of known pregnancies end in miscarriage. Nevertheless, like, nonetheless, the fact that half of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. Like, those are things that aren't talked about. And I think there are women who miscarry and mourn and no one around them ever knows. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Why aren't women talking about their bodies? It's the same thing. Like, there's this stigma against even saying if you're on your period, you know, like fucking hiding your tampon or whatever in a little bag. Guilty right here. Absolutely. Mm. And and that was me for a long time. Like, you know, you got to hide, you hide your tampon or your pad. Like, can't let anybody know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so far beyond that. Like, I'm very open. Like, I'm bleeding from my vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> on my period. Um, and, and I will tell the men in my life and I will like unabashedly tell them, like, <laughs> because I think it needs to be normalized. It's part of the the experience that many women have you know i'm not going to mm-hmm. say all women because trans women are women too and they might not have a uterus um so their experience is different than mine but that doesn't change the fact that there are you know 50 percent of people on this planet like have uteruses have periods have gotten pregnant at some point or might get pregnant have the ability to get pregnant might have miscarriages might not like none of those things are talked about so Let's just fucking talk about it all the time so that yeah. it becomes normal. And then maybe so and then you, maybe men <laughs> can understand a woman's body and maybe could have some say in something. Maybe. Well, that's, and that's the thing. Like for, for men, it's like, yes, we, we don't think you should have a, a say on what we do with our bodies. But we do want you to be informed and we do want you to care. And we, we want to know. We want you to know what's going on with us as well. Like, we want to invite you into that. You know, there is a, I think there's sometimes it's just like either they are over opinionized, yep, making up words, or, you know, they're, they're completely hands off. And we want, 
We want that backing. We want that because who we need the privilege door open. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we need that. We, we need your support. Not because we don't have it, but we want that voice to be louder and unified that we have men who aren't afraid of women who bleed. <laughs> like they're right. not they're not terrified they're not they're not scared of it and i um I, I think we talked you know you said it perfectly of just like that that shame and not even wanting to talk about it i hid my feminine care products from my husband for like years of our first few marriages i'm like he needs to know like i should really <laughs> open up about this right like <laughs> But isn't it so silly? Someone that I'm just like, I did say to death do us part, but I don't want you to know if I use tampons or pads. Like, I just, that's too damn far. Right. (laughs) I mean, I had my my husband, then boyfriend, uh, buy me pads when I was a teenager. So whatever. (laughs) Different women, (laughs) different experiences. But that's the thing, too. And you have to, like, you have to do that. It has to start with us. If we're not comfortable talking about it, if you can't say Volvo without being in Paris, like, we got to work on that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to this weird puritanical society that we live in, for sure. But Mm. let's fucking break that. Why? It's not. uh, (laughs) Here comes the therapy language. It's not serving us. It's not Mm. serving us. So let's change it. Yep. Our bodies, they're beautiful. <laughs> oh, Danny, should should we should we get mad at the internet now? I want to. Let's do it. Okay, let's do this. All right, Tamika, what has gotten us mad? Oh, girl. It's so fishy. (laughs) (laughs) So you know how you talked about there's like internet time. So by the time this come out, it's maybe old news, but it's making us mad now. And that's all that matters. We, what's breaking the internet right now, is that a young lady by the name of Haley Bailey. Yes. Hallie Bailey? Is it Hallie Bailey? It's Hallie or Haley. I don't Hallie. actually, I don't know her, so I don't know how to say her name. No, I feel so old. I can't stand it now. Like, I, sometimes I put on MTV at night, like, late at night when I'm, like, I'm working. I just need noise just to find out what kids are doing and saying and reading. And then I immediately turn it off after 15 minutes because I just, I'm lost. I'm like, who is this? Their name is just an at symbol. I'm so confused. But this lovely young I'm I'm going to go ahead and say African-American. She may be mixed. I don't know her background, but black people are mad. So I'm assuming she's in that camp. She's going to be, she just got cast as Ariel for the live action Little Mermaid. Yes. Yes. It's all over the internet. Um, so to be transparent, I have seen none of the live action <laughs> Disney movies. <laughs> I was like moderately excited about about The Little Mermaid, mostly because Lynn Manuel Miranda's writing some new music with Alan Menken for it. Um, oh, is he? Yeah. So I was like mm. pre- fairly excited about that because you know we love we love Lynn Manuel Miranda here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so when I saw the announcement, I. 
Well, here, let me take a step back. Tamika, mm. what was your reaction? How did you hear about this? And what was your reaction <laughs> to it? You're such a cheater. I, so I read on the internet, kept it to myself, that my husband brought it up to me at the table. He's like, hey, babe, did you hear? He didn't even have to finish the sentence. I knew exactly what he was going to say. I, I literally, he's like, hey, did you hear about the, oh, yeah, I heard. Little Mermaid, Black Girl. Oh, yeah, I heard. I'm Danny. The look. The look that he gave me was everything. He just went, what? 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 What could possibly be wrong with this? I'm like, I don't know. You know, the first Black Disney princess was a frog over half of it. And now they're putting another Black girl where her voice is literally taken. It's a bit on the nose. (laughs) I literally frustrated myself with that. Like I was just saying words and I couldn't stop it. Like I was just being so mad about this hypothetical thing that's happening. And I don't even know what they're going to do. And my husband's like, you're just never happy. I'm like, you're right, Michael. I'm never happy. (laughs) But then I went, yeah, I went to the internet and I realized I'm not the only one who feels that way. And then I made me feel ridiculous of like, oh, we are, we just, this community we're in, Danny, we just, we love to complain. And that's why it's like, I'm half mad at the internet. And also I am also ashamed. Yeah. uh, (laughs) There's a lot of mixed feelings about this out on the Mm -hmm. internet, I suppose. Um, I, well, first of all, like many people, um, when I first read the headline, um, this was without an image, um, but I think plenty of people had an image and still made this false assumption. Um, when I, when I read the headline, my, my reaction was, um, Halle Berry's playing the Little Mermaid. She's way too old. Um, <laughs> so I was like up in arms and angry about it. And then yeah. I was like, I'm going to be so pissed because she is way too old. Oh, my God. How could they do this? But now, like, people are going to think I'm racist because I'm mad. Um, <laughs> but then I I realized it was not, in fact, Halle Berry. It was Halle Bailey, um, who I had no idea who she was because I too am old. Um, and then my my next reaction was, well, that's fine. Like, as long as <laughs> they give her red hair, that's cool. like that's oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I hope they give yeah, her you red have hair. Them banks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was my whole reaction. And <laughs> then I made the and then I made the mistake of opening the comment section. Girl, it's tragic. I we know need you, to like you should have never, a name. Never do that. Never. We need to come up with a name when you read the comments and you shouldn't. Like, you just did a blah, blah, blah. Or I totally blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like. You're right. Maybe there is a word for that already. If there is, can people let us know? Thanks. Yeah. What should we, when you're reading the comments and you shouldn't, like, because there's some things you're like, oh, girl, I can't wait to read the comments. But there's certain things you're like, yeah, you really shouldn't. Um. Yeah. It's it's one of those things of, like, we were both mad for kind of different things, but then it turned to, like shame (laughs) because we just reacted (laughs) exactly Um, i mean people are people have mixed feelings about this there's a lot of fucking white people who are mad Mm, i guess they're just not not used to the disappointment um (laughs) 
that was so shady. Even that, that was really shady, even for me. Um, I, I guess in my mind of like, here's the other reason why I'm a bit grumpy. I'm excited. And I think she's lovely. She's actually a singer, which I'm like, no shade to past live action princesses. I will not outwardly name who were not trained singers, but got the part because they kind of sort of look the part. What's your anyway, problem with yeah. Emma Watson? <laughs> Girl, I said no names. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say no name, especially if it's someone that I respect as an act, non-singing actress. So just putting it out there. But I'm saying like, oh, they seem to be like a singer. That's really, really cool. All, all of this. But I, th- I think it's like, I don't want to be pandered to. That's, you know, like, that's part of, like, nothing making me happy because I feel like, oh, we need to have this because we're making so many live action films that they're trying to be preemptive, but I don't feel like it's sincere. Mm. But I'm also reading into it. Yeah, it's a fine line between pandering and, like, trying to represent, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We're in agreement that there needs to be more representation, there are this string of making these old cartoons into live action movies. And quite honestly, she's a fucking mermaid. She's a mythical creature. So she could really be mm-hmm. any race. It's not yeah. tied. Like, yes, it's like a Danish story, but it's not tied to like, it's not set in Denmark. We had this whole discussion about like, where is this shit yeah. even set? Um, yeah. <laughs> so... It we really, also talked about the Danes and how they feel about people of color. <laughs> <laughs> so really, in my opinion, like she's the perfect Disney princess to be from a different background. Like mm. she could she could be anything. Like, but I, I hear your concerns about her voice. There's a whole episode on my feelings of mm. Little Mermaid. Um so so I feel that, but I think at the same time like homegirl's a fucking fish she could be whatever race that's it's cool like i'm saying i have no problem with it get fishy she doesn't need to look like the the movie just the hair yeah just (laughs) the hair i know that's that's fair that's fair i'm like Ooh, yeah, red dreads would yeah, be awesome. I'm into it. Wouldn't that be like super cool? I think that would be. I mean, here's for texture. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I quite honestly will probably never see this movie. Um, I don't know. You got. I think you would like the Jungle Book. That was like their first. Like I don't know. They did Cinderella, but I think Jungle Book was like the big wait. Cartoon. They did Cinderella too. <laughs> I'm like so uninformed. Girl, yeah, they did. They 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 did Cinderella. Yeah, I mean, I just know that after our episode on Disney, like I can't see Aladdin because of all the <laughs> fucking brown face. Um. <laughs> And, like, I guess Aladdin, as I've said before, Aladdin and the Little Mermaid are kind of, like, my my Disney movies, right? So, if mm-hmm. I do see any of the live-action ones, it will be the Little Mermaid. Will it? I'm, I'm trying to decide when. I'm, I have to go see Aladdin because everyone's like, it's actually pretty good. But it's like, I need to, like, wait to have someone that I'm like, hey, do we have similar movie taste? Because you know those people who just like to go see movies? Do you know those people? Like they oh. just—that's what they do. Yeah. I can't afford that life. 
but that's just what they like that's what they do they go see movies and i think they're just so happy to like be entertained they just love movies they're just that kind of person but there's only very few people i will a take the recommendation no shade to them and I'll like spend my money on movies. It's it's it, we've talked about it before. It's a thing. So when someone who's just like they just go to movies and they do movies, tell me oh, I was pretty good. I'm like I feel like your threshold and taste level are different than mine. Not bad, just different. So I might not be able to trust your viewpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a movie person, so I have I all like these movies. degrees I just don't know in when theater, I would see them. so I'm not a movie person. <laughs> well, Danny, now that we now that we have we've gone through so many emotions, should we actually try to end with some happiness? We should. We should end with our happy places. Mm. Well, Danny. After that yeah. lovely, lighthearted, lighthearted topic, um, what was your happy place this week? Okay, so I was having a hard time thinking about my happy place for for the week. So instead, I'm I'm reaching back a little bit in time. My happy place, my recommendation to folks, is is a video game based happy place, and it is a game called Gri. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Despite my my three years of French in, in high school, G-R-I-S, as in the French word for, for gray. So it's a video game and it is definitely the most beautiful game I have ever played in my life. Like you need to you need to Google it right now if you if you've never heard of it. So I just looked i'm just clicking on it right now some some just some images oh my goodness that color palette yeah isn't it it's it's just beautiful it's absolutely a beautiful game it's a really simple and easy game um there's no dialogue in it um but just the the images you can tell that it's like this very like hand painted watercolor uh, Mm -hmm. look to it um, because it was designed by like a visual artist. um, Oh gosh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's super, super pretty. Uh, And the music is also just super lovely. And the way that the music and the imagery works together is mm. it's it's really really great there's no dialogue within within the game so it's Which it's is basically just how the french like it <laughs> evidently <laughs> i think i think it's so i think it's a french artist but the the game itself was actually a spanish um indie video game company Ooh. Yeah. Um, so basically, the story of it is um, a girl who who wakes up and um, she's like in the palm of this crumbling statue, and she she tries to sing, but she is choked up and loses her voice once again, losing her voice. And so mm-hmm. uh, you play as this girl, and it's it starts all in black and white. And as you journey through these four different locations, you collect lights and you start to restore color back to the world. And she starts to like 
gain more power and by the end you know like you know the the hope is she she gets the her voice back and so it's like the power of her finding herself and journeying through um this world she she brings color and light um back into the world so it's like a really 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 beautiful game and in my opinion deals a lot with with loneliness and to take it back to like mental health like there seems it seems like a really great analogy for like dealing with depression or dealing with anxiety the gameplay is super simple and super easy Mm. um so i would say like even if you aren't a gamer you would probably enjoy this game i mean i'm not a gamer um and i enjoyed it and found it really really easy oh it's stunning like i'm looking at the photos describe the colors like there are these beautiful, it's obviously like that watercolor texture with like colors of watermelon, deep lilacs, um, hues of light, uh, like pale blues. It has this really, really gorgeous palette with really, like the shading of it is even still really delicate. Um, you know, it is, is so, even just me looking at these images, so visually satisfying. It's, I'm, I'm absolutely like I like a game existing like that is so cool. I'm actually like I'm very interested. It's so beautiful. It is really beautiful. And my husband, who also is not one much for video games, like he used to be a, a PC gamer back in the day, but doesn't really play games anymore. Um, like the game itself is not very long. It's only like you know a few hours to to complete it. Um, but there were multiple times where he would like come in. Um, and just like sit and watch and was just like, this is so beautiful. Like the music, mm. the, the animation, all of it is just really beautiful. That's so lovely. <laughs> you just like enriched us with this lovely game. Yeah. So that's my happy place. Um, I think a lot of people would get stuff out of playing that game. So there's my little, Ooh. my little plug for, for this game <laughs> from an indie indie company. And because it's an indie game, it's not very expensive. I played it on mm. Switch, but I think it's also available on PC. Ooh, yeah, I might have to hit that up. Uh so yeah, what's what's your happy place? Um, mine is not nearly as beautiful. Um <laughs> my- Actually, it makes it just makes me smile thinking of it. We we just got I, we just got done talking about how old we are and we don't know what's going on in the cool hip world. Well, I have like this one little moment of pseudo coolness, and that is um, I've been listening to the Lizzo album that she just released mm-hmm. a little while ago. So the thing is, she is the one who did uh, "Feeling Good as Hell," "Feeling Good as Hell," that that yeah, that yeah. song, which. It, at the first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, how cute. And then literally every time after that, I'm like, this is a bit much, guys. We need to. It's on commercials. Everyone is doing it. I'm like, cool. So I kind of didn't really pay her any mind. And, you know, I like I said, I don't really get to listen to anything cool and hip anymore. Um, but on my Instagram feed, someone, she performed at the BET Awards. This girl. Okay. So I'm a woman of size. She is a woman of size, beautiful woman of size. She is dancing, twerking it. Go ahead, as one does at the BET Awards. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Wearing this kind of pseudo-wedding, you know, onesie kind of 
represents not like uh, um, harking back to like Madonna is kind of wedding mm. style thing. She's, you know, she's sitting, singing, rapping. This woman turns around, starts playing the flute while twerking. Yeah. And I say I'm in love. She is now my spirit animal. I don't know. Like in that moment, I would just thought that was she turned it as it's like she turned it. I loved it. And I'm like, I'm sold. And I don't know why. And then I um, saw a little video clip of what she did for juice. And it was like a throwback to coming to America of so glow. I'm like, Oh, my goodness, we need to be friends in like real life. She's amazing. I really like I just I really enjoyed her. So I listened to it. And I am so picky slash you know, kind of ADD when it comes to music. It's been a long time since I've actually been able to sit down with someone's album and listen to it all the way through and want the whole album instead of like piecemealing my own playlist, which I think is an epidemic in itself topic for a later day. Um, I really did. Of course, there are things that you like more than other. It was just in those moments to where I'm like, I'm walking back and forth from doing the school run or I'm, I'm doing stuff around the house and I actually get a minute to listen to something with a little bit more of a mature rating it's just so nice if you just need something to clap your booty to mm. or you just need to feel like that bitch and you just need to get hyped or you need something soulful. It, it has a little bit of everything and she is a musician and I just, I just enjoyed it. It's, you know what I mean? It's not going to, it's not have like all this profundity to it. I just, it just brought me joy and I had, it made me feel like I was at a middle school dance with all my friends in our ghetto school like just just getting it for our little middle school lives like I, I just felt it was reminiscent but yet still new and I enjoyed it yeah. so yeah uh, she's she's awesome like I really like her no I've I perhaps have not spent enough time with her music but I think she's she's great what I've heard is like amazing and I too saw the the clip of her. Uh, twerking while fluting <laughs> which i'm just like everyone should flute while they twerk like i mean obviously girl my flute is coming in through amazon tomorrow like i just i don't know why i was just is like oh it was just one of those i was every stereotype of a black person watching something amazing of like making forcing it out upon everybody like you've got to watch this like it just yep loved it and it made me happy so you can go from one extreme in the happy places. You can play this beautiful indie artsy video game with multi layers, or you can clap your booty. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's related to our, what we're getting mad at. Cause isn't she, wasn't she like posting on Twitter or like really like petitioning to be like, Hey, you know what my dream role is? Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, that makes sense because what's her name actually is getting Ursula. Mm-mm. Oh, look at it, like um, McCarthy. Yes, someone, not her, but but I guess she like she. Have you seen the video of her singing um, "Poor Unfortunate Souls"? <gasps> no, but now I know what I'm doing when we're done with this. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, after that, there was like. A, a change.org petition <laughs> that fans oh. like started signing for her to play Ursula. Oh, but dang! In Ooh, an alternate reality, I suppose. I don't. I don't know. Uh, 
the the people. I mean, they they uh, took the Sonic movie down to refurbish that because people were literally like, "No, this is not going to do." Who knows? I guess it could still happen. Anything could happen with the Little Mermaid. <laughs> is that going to be like we're going to have like Little Mermaid watch? <laughs> This is our weekly check-in on the Little Mermaid. Yeah, exactly. It's this is Mermaid Gate. We're gonna see what's going on. All right. Well, I suppose in the meantime, until there's more news on Little Mermaid, we better yeah, end stay this. tuned. Mm-hmm. If you like the show, you should mm. subscribe, and you should get your friends to subscribe. And share the show with your friends. You should also let us know directly what you think about the show. You can email us. We're biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can follow us on the social media and interact with us there. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at biracialunicorns. On Twitter, we're at biracialmagic. So make sure you check in with us. Let us know what you're thinking. And let us know if you have any ideas or topics that you would like us to cover in an upcoming episode yes uh we just want to thank you so much for listening to this um we also realize that people have a lot of thoughts and feelings so we would love to hear about your experiences with this particular topic and if you like us during this topic you will probably like us for all of our other topics so please listen and invite other people to listen and have those open discussions we want to thank so much to our talented artist at Dolly Pop Art for our amazing logo. Also, Joseph Scott of Citizens of Tape City for our amazing music. Yes, and we just thank you all. Like, subscribe, do the things. All the things. We'll be back next week with a mini episode, and we'll be back in two weeks with another full episode. Mm, so full. So, peace. Out.